Well, well, well. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Hello. Well, let's sit what we have here. I am Dr. Fron Bunsenberner. And I want to welcome you to my laboratory this morning. Here in my very special laboratory, we observe science experiments and demonstrations, not to learn science, but to know more about the Word of God. Now this morning I have a little problem. I was pulling some books out of a box and I have a couple that got kind of mixed up. And so I need a little help. Um, I'd like to have two victims, not victims, volunteers come help me, please. And I'd like, um, Mr. Josh, where are you? Mr. Josh, yes, would you come on up here and help me, please? And, and Mr. Kent, where are you, Mr. Kent? Oh, yeah, Mr. Kent. These two wonderful men, oh, wonderful. Yes, they lead in children's ministry. Look at these guys. Flex your muscles for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Right. Okay. <laughs> Need to do a little stretch. He looks like... You want to stretch some, Ken? No, you're good? Okay. Uh, Josh, would you stand over here? Now, Ken, will you stand here and face off the two of you? Oh. <laughs> now, I have these two books right here. And what I want you to do, Ken is I want you to pinch, pinch, <laughs> pinch right there. Get a good grip, okay? And the same for you, Josh, okay? A good grip on there. And when I say go, now don't act like a married couple. <laughs> okay? Yes. You, when I say go, I want you to pull. Not until I say go, okay? And then you two can fix my books, okay? Ready? Go. Okay, maybe you didn't hear. <laughs> I said... Go. <laughs> oh, there. You cheated. Oh. <laughs> you cheated. You're the winner. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, Josh and Kent relied on what? In their strength. They thought, oh, this is easy, right? Not so easy. He had to cheat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Give them a big hand. Now go back. <laughs> when we concentrate on our own strength, both those guys are strong, right? Very strong. But when we concentrate on our own strength, we are pulling apart from God's strength. We are not to concentrate on our own strength. It makes it so much harder. We are to concentrate on God's strength. Do you know that God's word in Philippians 4.13 says to press on. Is that pulling apart? No, that's leaning into, press on. Press on is leaning into what God wants us to do. And this morning, Pastor Jared, he is going to tell us about a guy, 
a guy named Samson. Can you say Samson? Oh no, you got to say Samson. Oh, there we go. Samson. Samson. Well, okay, that's all right. Samson. God gave him incredible strength. Incredible strength. But he gave him that strength so that he could do God's purpose. But Samson relied on his own strength. And that got him into a lot of trouble. Samson concentrated on his own muscles and brawn. And it pulled him away from God. God does not want us to pull away from him. He wants us to lean into him. God does not want us to pull away. He wants us to press on toward the prize, which is what he has called us for. Thank you so much for joining me in my laboratory today. And I hope that you've learned just a little more about God's word. If you need an object lesson on why your pastor is the way he is, that's my mother, for those of you who don't know. Um, she also moonlights as Tina Hauser as well. So, today, we continue our series, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, Oh My, kind of looking at the different sports teams of <coughs> Chicago. Um, the White Sox will get a week, even though they didn't make the logo. So if you're a big Sox fans, I apologize. Uh, just, there, that's, that's how it worked out. Um, but we're, we're stepping into these sports teams because they all have a lesson to teach us, I think, about our walk with God. And so as we uh, delve into that, today we're going to be talking about the Bears. And da bears, da bears, da bears, da bears. You guys were all thinking it, so we can just uh, get the SNL skit out of our heads, okay? Uh, but as we as we step into the the bears this morning, uh, we can can learn something, glean something from them that I think is going to be very poignant. But before we do that, I want to go over this theme verse of the whole series, uh, Philippians four thirteen, which uh, Fran told us about. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The word goal is the Greek word skopos. Can you say skopos? Congratulations, you just learned Kone Greek. Um, But skopos, it's where we get the word scope from. And this is a scope. And Mr. Perry uses this to go find deer and other animals out in the woods. And so he looks through this and he can see really far away. But when he's looking through this, there could be a bear right here and he wouldn't know. Because this only sees things like all I can see is the thermostat at the back of the room. That's all I can see when I look through here. It is very precise, very targeted right on the goal or the scopos at the end of of the room. And so as we look in the scope, we think about the goal, being narrow-minded in, in what we're reaching towards, what we're pressing towards. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The scope can be used to 
look at birds out in the wild or to see animals or somebody might look at it to look at pretty mountains or clouds or all kinds of different stuff. But what it does is it makes you look very far away at the goal that's, that's out there. We press on towards that goal. The bears. The 1985 bears may be the greatest football team ever assembled in one year. Maybe. Arguably. You can argue about all this stuff, right? Everyone can argue about anything. Um, but the 85 Bears may have been the greatest team for one single year ever. They had, arguably, the greatest football player of all time. His name was Walter Payton. And you guys are all like, ah, like dreams just to have, you know, sighs happen across the room because Walter Payton, one of the greatest players to ever put on a football uniform, played on this team. They had one of the scariest, if not the scariest, defenses of all time. The 85 Bear defenses didn't just tackle people, they put people in the hospital. And I was watching, it, it was very Nice that this worked out, but there was a 30 for 30 about the 1985 Chicago Bears on this morning at 7.30, which was great. I was like, I can go in the office or I can do research right here. Let's go. Uh, So I drank my cup of coffee and watched the 30 for 30. And one of the defensive linemen was talking about why their quarterback couldn't stay healthy is because the, the Bears defense went out and hurt people so much when they hit them that, of course, Mr. McMahon's had a target the size of Chicago on his back because, like, we're going to hurt that guy because he put our wide receiver in the hospital, he put our running back in the hospital, he put our lineman in the hospital, and all this, so we're going we're gonna to kill that guy. And so that, that's one of the, the theories on why McMahon couldn't stay healthy, or he was just a sissy, but that's okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but one of the theories on why he couldn't stay healthy is because people were taking out their, their anger uh, from, on the defense on the poor quarterback. But it's one of the best teams ever. But they only won one Super Bowl. Whenever you talk about the 85 Bears, you talk about missed potential. You missed about what could have been. We were so close. It could have been better. It could have been greater. We could have had more success than that. But only one Super Bowl. We had the greatest defense ever. The greatest running back ever. Only one Super Bowl? What happened? And this is something that you can Google. Was the 85 Bears the best team ever? Or what, what stopped the 85 Bears from winning more Super Bowls? Or you can Google that. And there will be hit after hit after hit after hit. hit. I mean, this is debated and debated and debated. And it was fun to read some of that stuff this, uh, this week. But some of their theories, these aren't necessarily my theories. Don't get mad at me. I'm not hating on the Bears. These are just some of the things that I, I came across, the theories that came across this, this week. Was One is that the people on the Bears got incredibly selfish. That they got incredibly selfish, that some of them were in a contract year, and so they wanted more money. They just won a Super Bowl. They said, hey, I'm important. I'm more important than the team. I want more money. And some of them got competitive with each other on how much money they were making in commercial spots. That so-and-so might make so much money on the Wheaties commercial. So-and-so has a commercial spot here in the city on a TV station. How much money are they making? Now we're getting sidetracked and we're selfish. It's all about me instead of how is the team going to win. And that was one of the, the major arguments of why the 85 Bears could continue success. In fact, I would say selfish behavior is the best cure for continued success. 
Selfish behavior is the best cure for continued success. And it held true for the 85 bears. Even more so than selfishness, the bears had a serious problem. And he went by Mike Ditka. They had another serious problem, and he went by Buddy Ryan. Now, two of the best coaches ever on the same team is a problem. You have two incredible alpha males that are fighting over control of the same team. This is not going to end well. And so you have these guys, these these great coaches, these brilliant minds. Buddy Ryan reinvents a different kind of defense that reshapes the NFL. Ditka's mustache reshapes fashion trends (laughs) all over the world. But you have these two coaches, fantastic coaches, but the team divides. The defense chooses Buddy Ryan as their coach. They don't even care what's happening on the offensive side of the ball. They don't care what Ditka says. They are Buddy Ryan's team. And the offense becomes Coach Ditka's team. And so you have this division happening on this wonderful team. Mike Singletary, who becomes a coach, who was a great player, referred to the Bears as a dysfunctional family. And sometimes we just couldn't make it work. And if one of your star players sees that dysfunction, you're going to have problems on your team. The problem was they had what? Two coaches. So much, in fact, that when they won the Super Bowl, and if you guys were around for then, you've seen the picture, the defenses, defense pick up Buddy Ryan and put them on the shoulders, and the offense picks up Mike Ditka and puts them on the shoulders. That's the only time in the history of the NFL that that has happened on a Super Bowl victory. Why? You don't pick up the defensive coordinator when you win the Super Bowl. That is all about the head coach, but not for the 85 Bears. They were a team divided. They had two coaches. I coached my first game as head coach of the Fighting Wookiees yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I noticed something. As a parent last year, and I did this to my son, Sometimes. And I didn't yell at Bowen yesterday. I was very proud of myself. Uh, so, yes, yes. Even more important than the victory, I had a personal victory. Uh, so, but he, but we, we do something, and you want to yell, and you want to say, Bowen, get the rebound. Well, you're not the coach. Well, last year. This year I made myself the coach, so when I yelled, it was okay. Because what would happen to him? He's paralyzed between his coach and his dad, who... I better respect my dad because there's a whooping coming if I don't. But, but I'm pretty sure the coach is important right now. Right? And there's this, this division of thought, and you can see it in the little kindergartner's head, right? Yesterday, you had the same thing on the kids on my team. They, they, they had the, the view of what they're supposed to do or the, what their parents was yelling at, at them or what they wanted to do. They wanted to score a basket. I found myself in the middle of the court going, wrong way! Can turn around and I mean he was on a great fast break. You know, he was all by himself. Except he was headed the wrong way because he was paying attention to the wrong thing. And we can make fun of first graders playing basketball all the time. But if you're gonna be honest with yourself, you can find yourself doing great at going the wrong way. Selfish behavior is the best cure for continued success. 
It's a guy that uh, Fran told us about. His name is Samson. And Samson, to me, is a lot like the 85 Bears. He's all this potential. All this potential. He can be the strongest man in the history of mankind. God has imbued him with all kinds of strength. He's got muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles. And he is called what what was called in Israel before they had kings, a judge. Now, he's not a judge with a gavel and a robe going, guilty or not guilty. That was part of his job. But what he was, was was someone who led the people of Israel. And so he is called to be a judge, and God gives him all the strength to protect the Israel people. But Samson has a problem. He likes himself a whole bunch. And he has this war going on between two coaches. Himself and God. What he is called to do and what he wants to do. I don't know about you, but that sounds awful familiar for my daily struggles. I have this war going on inside myself of what God wants me to do and what Jared wants to do. See, Samson's big falling outs are these, and they might sound familiar to you and your personal issues. Samson lets his jealousy control him. He lets his jealousy for others, for things, for people control him. And the second thing he does is he lets his passion control him. Samson lets his girlfriends get him in trouble all the time. Lesson for all you boys, girls are trouble. Samson lets his passion control him. I wish you could see Bowen's face right now. (laughs) Samson lets his passion control him. He he gets in trouble. If you read in Judges, the Samson stories, I think it's uh, Judges 14. He is controlled by them. He has an idea. He's trying to do what's right. He's trying to do what God has told him to do. And then all of a sudden, this girl starts talking in his ear. And he's swayed, and he's swayed, and he's swayed. And bad things happen because he's got two coaches, what he wants or what God wants. And finally, Samson lets his anger control him. Samson lets his anger control him, and this always ends poorly. Some of the craziest stories in the Bible uh, go around Samson. There's a time in which he gets really mad at these people. They've kind of cheated him out of something. And instead of and responding crazily, he goes and finds like 400 foxes ties their tails together, and lights them on fire, and they start running around. It's in the Bible, all right? I'm not making this up. You think I am. It's in there. This is one of the stories. Another thing is he finds a, a jawbone of a donkey, and that's what he uses as a weapon. So he, he takes the skull of a dead donkey and breaks it in half and starts whacking people with it. This guy is weird, and he's very, very angry. Samson lets his anger control him. When we let jealousy, when we let passion, when we let anger control us, these things are called sin. And we let it happen in our lives. When we give ourselves control to be the coach of our life instead of God, that is what is called sin. It keeps us from the plan that God has for us in our life. See, what happens to Samson is he continues on this path of selfishness, of jealousy, of passion, of anger. 
and it leads to bad things. For Samson, the consequences of these bad actions were, one, he had a broken heart. Number two, he's captured by the bad guys. And number three, the bad guys blind him and put him in prison. This is bad stuff. And Samson is angry at God. He's angry at the world. He's, he's still letting all these passion stuff control him for, for years afterwards. And then finally he comes to a place in a jail cell, blinded, where he says, you know what? This was my fault. It was my mistakes. It was my screw-ups that caused all these issues. And he humbles himself and makes, makes God the coach of his life. And when he does... God restores his strength and uses him for the greatest victory of his life. This is a story that can be repeated in our own lives. No matter how much we've messed up, how much we've, we've done silly things, how much we've let jealousy and passion and anger control us, all we got to do is humble ourselves and God restores us. It's a beautiful promise of God that when we let him and make him coach of our lives, he restores us to who we're always supposed to be. Samson and the bears teach us a lesson. When we get caught up in selfishness and anger and jealousy, we walk away from what God has for us. We walk away from the best of our lives. You have a chance to be great. You have a chance to do something special. You have a chance to be incredibly important. It's one of the things that Grow is all about here at the church, is figuring out how we fit in what God has for us in the kingdom of God. You fit in like a puzzle piece. Some of you do puzzles. Jim McMahon, because of his brain injury, he, they, the doctor prescribed doing puzzles every day. And so on that 30 for 30, they, he has puzzles all over his house where he's sitting there doing in his you know, sunglasses or whatever. He's doing, he's doing puzzles because it helps his brain from all the injuries that he's had. Some of you do puzzles, not because you have brain injury, just because you enjoy the challenge of it. But you know that every puzzle piece is important. You really know that every puzzle piece is important is when you're done and there's one left and you don't have any left, right? You go what the picture looks like. Yeah, that's the Eiffel Tower without the tower because it's always important. It's never like a side piece. It's the middle part of the picture that you're missing, right? And so my parents, my dad likes to do puzzles, and my kids love doing puzzles with him. But they have this uh, rug, this shag carpet rug. It's not the whole carpet, so it's not like, you know, the, the 70s orange carpet. Don't, it's not that. But it's this Ikea uh, shag rug thing, about the size of this. It is a vacuum cleaner to puzzle pieces, and you can't find them. It goes in. Go, you go in. My mom has a special magnet just to try to find little metal things that go into this carpet and never come out, right? And you find out, you're like, oh, no, I know what the picture is. I know what the piece could look like. I know how pretty it is, but it would be perfect if that puzzle piece was there. When we fall away and when we don't live up to what God has for us, when we don't put him as coach of our life, we're like a puzzle piece lost in the carpet. Yeah, it's a life and it makes a pretty picture, but it's missing completion. Today, I want to challenge all of us to make God the coach and the Lord of our lives. That we would humble ourselves this morning and say, yeah, God, I've been given to jealousy and anger and passion and, 
and selfishness. And right now, right in this moment, I want to humble myself and say, God, will you be Lord of my life? Will you be the coach of my life? So I want to pray and ask God to do that this morning. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this time together. God, thank you that you're a God who does not give up on us. That no matter if we're blinded and put in prison because of our disobedience, you still call our name and you still have a plan for us. You still have a project for us. You still have a a beautiful story to write for us. And God, as I see these kids this morning, as as I see everyone this morning, that there's so much potential, there's so much beauty in here. That if we would just make you coach and Lord of our lives and stop trying to do it ourselves, that everything would change. God, we ask you to lead us. We ask you to redeem us. We ask you to save us. We ask you to make us new. Wherever we find ourselves this morning, we make you Lord and coach of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.